so glad that you guys go along for the trip, for the journey into God's presence, and that you're not one of those churches that just wants to be entertained by a group of really good singers. Amen. Amen. That's a good thing. They are good now. They are good now. Amen. But it's good that you join in. And if you're concerned about your voice, the scripture says make a joyful noise. Amen. Bishop Dale Bronner says some people can't carry a tune in a bucket. But they still sing unto the Lord. Amen. Amen. You see, it's really not the melody of your mouth. It's the melody of your heart. It's, it's the source of the song. And it's at that place. Amen. There's a word that the Lord has given to me. Not, it's not for today, but it's coming soon. And the topic is don't let life steal your song. They asked, how can we sing in a strange land? It's not the land, it's the song. <laughs> Don't lose your song because of the land. Amen. It's about the one you sing to. Amen. That's going to be good stuff right there. But today we want to deal with something different. We want to go in a different area. And Elder Johnson did such a great job setting it up until I almost just told him to preach. Amen. The topic for today is simply victory is mine. Amen. Victory is mine. Amen. Victory is mine. You, you have to, you need to lay claim to that. Take hold of that. Amen. You should, you should say now victory is mine. You should, you should, you should declare. You should declare that victory is mine. You should declare it. You should decree it. Amen. Amen. Establish it right now. Somebody, somebody decree it. Say, victory is mine. Victory is mine. You, you know, you, you need to say it like you, you, you know, you might be up against something and you're letting it know um, that this point on, from this point on, you're a loser. Amen. Whatever it is you're facing, you need to say, victory is mine. Victory is mine. You know, and I know we're, I know we're in church. I know we're in church and we're supposed to be, you know, we're supposed to, we got our church clothes on and we got our church thinking on. But I wish some of us, you know, like remember back in the day when you used to say, bad man hit my hand. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you cross this line, y'all remember that. Y'all girls remember when y'all used to move your head around so much, look, I going to fall off your neck. Remember that? You, ha you had that tood with it. You, you brought something with it. And y'all sisters, y'all know y'all have that tood. I know you say, but you still got some tood. Come on. Amen. There you go. Go ahead. There you go. Right here on the left. One moving that head already. I, I wish somebody would have some too with it and say, victory is mine. You remember when we used to be moving in the back row, Chris? We used to move around in the back row and our mama was sitting somewhere else in the choir stand on the usher board. And when she, would, she wouldn't say it, she'd say it between her teeth. Victory. That man, if you don't keep moving, I'm going to tear you out. Some of y'all, some of y'all saying that to y'all kids right now, just like your mama said it to you. Somebody say, "Victory is mine." It is yours. It is, it is yours. Victory is not going to be yours. It is not a future tense. It is a present tense. Victory is already yours. You see, you see, it's already yours. It is yours. It is not yours for the asking. It is yours. It is yours for the receiving. It is a state of mind. It is, it is a walk of faith. It is to believe it is and then to live like it is because faith without works is so there has to be a corresponding action that matches what we say we believe. So Pastor Leslie gave us this lesson for Bible study and since the storm came and Bible study was canceled, why not go ahead and deal with that today? Um, I believe that the whole church could hear this word and use this word and be blessed by this word. So it's how to conquer and recover all in Jesus' name. Amen. Conquer and recover all. Somebody say recover all of it. Recover all. Say I am, I am a conqueror. And I'm making recovery. <laughs> so when we look at this right, I wanted to ask some questions and they're coming to the screen as I ask them. Number one, what is victory? The, the question is what is victory? What is victory actually? What, how, how does victory, how does the victorious life look? 
Because many times when we think about describing something, we think about definitions, but we don't think about descriptions. We don't think about what it looks like to have a victorious life. What would recovery look like for you? Think about that for a moment. What is victory? Think about it in your mind. Roll that around in your mind. What is victory? Because is it just an abstract idea or is it concrete for you? Do you know exactly what victory would look like? What would a victorious life look like for you? Not for somebody else. Let's not be general. Let's think about ourselves. Because one thing Christians are good at is being general. We're good at being general because that way we can tell somebody what victory should look like for them. But that's not the challenge today. Think about your own life. Think about what you're up against. Think about what you're dealing with. And just clo close your eyes for a minute. Don't look at me. Close your eyes. And look inside and just say, God, what would victory look like for me? Say that. God, what would victory look like? For me, for me, for me personally, for what I'm going through, for what I'm up against, for the battles that I'm fighting, for the things that the enemy is bringing against me. What would victory look like for me? What would recovery look like for me? What, what is it that I've lost? What is it that I gave up? What is it that I released to the enemy? What is it that, that I let go of? What is it that I stopped fighting for? What is it that I stopped believing God for? What, come on, y'all, talk to me. What would recovery look like? What, what, what would it look like? coming back to me God Almighty I, I, I need some things to come back you know I, I and, and I don't know what your stuff is maybe maybe recovery looks like you ready Jacob you ready everybody open your eyes now maybe recovery looks like healing maybe it looks like healing come on come on maybe it looks like healing stop no more doctor's visits maybe maybe it looks like getting your strength back maybe it looks back like, like like getting rid of some of that medicine maybe it looks like no more injections maybe I don't know what it looks like but somebody if that's you just go ahead and praise God for recovery a recovery of my of my mind of my joy of my peace maybe maybe I just need to be whole again maybe I just need to have my strength back my energy back maybe I just I just come I just need to get this stuff off my mind anybody with me here it, recovery somebody shout recovery maybe recovery looks like love maybe it looks like getting love back and maybe some peace in my house maybe maybe it looks like less fights and more love making oops maybe it looks like you understand what I'm saying not, not making love not war Maybe it looks like walks in the park again. Maybe it looks like holding hands again. Maybe it looks like looking at each other and, and can hardly keep our hands off one another. Talk to me, somebody. I know you're saved, but you like each other at least, don't you? Oh, yo. Don't be acting all, oh, come on here. Get in church and act like you don't, you know what I'm saying, like you don't. But, but where all them little Christians come from if you don't? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. They come from somewhere. You ain't, the stork ain't delivering them, that's for sure. Maybe it looks like getting the love back, the romance, the, 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 the notes left in the bathroom for you on your side, the little notes, the flowers at work, the surprises, the candy, the cooked dinner, breakfast in bed, the little things. Maybe it looks like getting that love back. Maybe, maybe, maybe it looks like that. Maybe, maybe it looks like finances. Maybe it looks like, like recovery in your finances. Maybe... Maybe it's your change no longer being strange and your money no longer being funny. Talk to me. Maybe it's not having more money than you have a month. <laughs> God Almighty. Isn't that a concept? Maybe, maybe it's getting things together, your 401k growing and, and, and your IRAs and, and, and all of that stuff getting in place, right? And no more economic struggle and strain. How about there's no more arguments about money? No more fighting about how money was spent. Come on, y'all. Maybe it's that kind of thing. What's recovery for you? I want to share a story, if you don't mind. I want to share a story about, about how complete God is in recovery. I, I want to show you that God is complete in recovery. That, and last week, we, we looked back at the life of Abraham and, and how, how God gave all this land to Abram. But that at the end of the story... God took him to Hebron, which means the place of connection, essentially, and connected. He said, you can connect to me. Even though, even though your nephew left you, he said, I, I'll never leave you. And God ministered to his emotional man as well as to his physical man because God is a God of wholeness and completion. Yeah. So I want to show you how God helps us to recover completely. First Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through 10. This is David in a place called Ziklag. Now, now, I know we've talked about this a lot of times, but I want to show you something in this scripture to show you how complete God is in recovery. Now, what happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag, and burned it with fire. 
and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone. Take note of that. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was. What happened to it, y'all? It was what? Burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken what? Captive. So something had been lost, right? So that said they lost something. Now let's go forward. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. This is norm the Lord his God. This is normally where we shout. But we'll shout in a moment. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, uh, please bring the ephod here to me. Mm -hmm. Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for you shall overtake them. And look at what else God adds. And without <laughs> fail, do what? Recover all. Now, all David wants to know about is, shall I pursue this troop? That's the only question. He wants to know, shall I go after them, and will I be victorious over them? God adds to it, yes, go after them. Yes, you will be victorious. Oh, and by the way, you will recover all. Now, see, God added that. He didn't ask God about recovery because he probably thought that everything was killed and everything was gone. But, but God adds in there that there's going to be a recovery after your victory. God, somebody shout. There's going to be a recovery after my victory. There's going to be a recovery after my victory. Your enemy is going to have to give back everything he took. Even the stuff you gave up, he's going to have to give it back after your victory. Somebody shout glory to God for that. So David went, he and 600 men who were with him, and came to the brook Besor. Now, this is important. Please don't overlook this. The brook Besor, where those who stayed, um, who were left behind. But David pursued, he and 400 men, 200 stayed behind, who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Besor. So he had 600 men, and 200 are too tired to go. So they stayed behind while 400 went to pursue the enemy. This is very important now. So the questions are here, what did David do in his moment of crisis? We have to ask ourselves, what did he do in his moment of crisis? Well, we know that David did what? What did David do? Prayed. David prayed. He went to the Lord. He sought the Lord. So while everyone cried, David went to God. While everyone cries, David goes to God. While everyone cries, you go to God. Now you cry, but when you get through crying, you got to do something. Amen, amen. Just somebody tap your neighbor and say, you can't cry all the time. You can't cry all day. At some point, you're going to have to wipe your tears and get yourself together. And so David does that. David makes the decision. Nobody does it. Nobody, nobody's there to encourage David because everybody's broken. So see, while we wait on somebody to come and encourage us, maybe nobody's encouraging you because they're broken too. So at some point, we have to make a decision. Somebody say, I have to make a decision. Now, why do you think that David did what he did? These are the questions I asked in Bible study. Why do you think David did what he did? And some of the questions came back because David did not know what to do. Have you ever been in a position where you don't know what to do? You have no idea what to do. You don't know how to fix it. You don't know which way to turn. Because keep in mind, he doesn't know that the Amalekites took them. He doesn't know who came and got his family and stole his stuff. So he doesn't even know where to start. Have you ever been in a position where you don't even know where to start? This is where David is. But David decides that after he's cried to a certain point, because it says they cried, they wept until they had no more power to weep. So I wonder, what do you do after that? What do you do when you all cried out? Wow. David went to God. Isn't it amazing how God will let us do what we need to do in the natural? Yeah. And then when that runs out, he'll awaken our spirit to come after him. David goes after God. So my question is, David did all that. My question to you is, don't answer it now because people don't know your business. What do you do? What do you do in crisis? Don't answer that now because you're going to let people in on your business. Do you get angry? Do you get to the point where people can't be around you? Do you quit going in the public? Do you pull all the shades down? What do you do? Do you go and catch a little quick drink? 
A little toddy for the body? Do you light up a Newport, Salem, Winston? Or one of them other cigarettes? Do you call your boo? What do you do? I know you know what to do, but what do you do? See, there's a difference between knowing what to do and sometimes what we do. Because maybe what to do doesn't make us feel good quick enough. Lord, help us, Jesus. I know what David did. I know what David did. And we can get, we can get encouragement from what David did. But if what David did does not influence what we do, then the lesson's lost, isn't it? I ain't going to say that. Uh, what does it do for you when you pray? What does it do? What does it do when you get into the presence of God and you pray and you lay it all before him and you feel the tangible presence of God? What does it do for you? How, how does it affect you? How does it impact you? Anybody get peace? Anybody? Anybody feel the peace of God? Anybody get joy? Anybody get any, any renewed confidence and renewed strength? See what I'm saying? P prayer does something, even when an answer hadn't come yet. Amen. It's something about being in his presence and taking that thing to our Father. And Elder Smith and I were talking about it just today. Just today, we're talking about the disciples when they were, when they were in the boat with Jesus and, 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 and the storm was coming and they were being overwhelmed and they were trying to get the water out of the boat, but that wasn't working. So they went downstairs and, and, and they got Jesus and Jesus came up and he spoke to the wind and the wave. And get this, they didn't know he could do that. <laughs> they didn't know he could speak to the wind in the way, but they knew he could do something. Yeah. They didn't know what he was going to do. They had no idea how Jesus was going to fix it. All they knew is that Jesus can fix it. Yeah. See, that's all you need to know. You don't need to know. You don't need to know what he's going to do. All you need to know is that he can do. Yeah. And that does something to your spirit. That does something to your spirit. Some, they were in the middle of, of, of getting that water out. And somebody said, hey, this is not working. Let's go get Jesus. And all of a sudden, everybody felt better. Because I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know how he's going to do it. Jesus came up there and spoke to the wind and the wave. And everybody was like. <laughs> because they didn't know he could do that. But he did. And they didn't care how, they didn't care how he did it. They didn't care if he came and magically made all the buckets throw out the water themselves. They didn't care if he came out and said, water, leave the boat. It didn't matter. They just needed it fixed. So maybe, so maybe we need to get all our preconceived notions out of our head about how it ought to be fixed. And just let him do what he do. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, let him do what he do. That's extra. That wasn't a part of the Bible study, but that extra. Take that home with you. Now, how important is a right response to crisis in victory and recovery? How important is a right response? Would you say that a right response would be important? Yeah. Raise your hand if you believe it's important, that it's vital, a right response in crisis. How many of y'all think it don't matter? I could just act how I want to act in crisis, and it don't matter. It don't matter. It's going to all work out in the end anyway. I could act a complete fool, lunatic, running around like my hair on fire. I could do whatever I want to do. And it's going to all, how many believe a right response impacts recovery? Not, not a, a right response after the crisis is over, but a right response in crisis. Amen. In crisis. While it's happening. Amen. It, impacts, it impacts victory and recovery. Well, I'm going to show you how that works in, in verse 18, the same chapter, verse 18 of 1 Samuel 30. It says, so David recovered how much? All. How much did David recover? All that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued who? His two wives, and nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughter, spoils or anything they had, which they had taken from them. David recovered how much? Then David took all the flocks and herds they had driven before those other livestock and said, this is what? David's spoil. Now watch how smooth God is. The God, David doesn't know where to go. David comes upon one of the servants of the people, a slave, and he, and he, he finds out from him, how is it that God has this one man be left behind? 
And this one man is left behind. David comes across him and finds out that he knows who took him. He says, my, my masters took him. They're the Amalekites. They're over there. So David said, good stuff. Thank you. David goes over there, and he beats the stew out of the Amalekites, right? And, and so we find now that David has recovered how much? Oh, everything. And the scripture says, watch this. He, he recovered everything small and great. So, so that means that everything they took, David got back. So not even a pair of socks was missing. You got to catch that. How is it that they came and stole all that stuff? You know they're not messing around. They're trying to get up out of there before David get back. How is it them jokers running to get away and didn't drop nothing? It's because God had already said he was going to recover. How much? Oh, so every small thing, every big thing, every medium thing, everything that doesn't seem important, everything that you forgot about, he says you're going to get all of it back. You understand the big things, getting back to the wives and the children and the other thing, but the little trinkets, the little pictures you took when you were at the Grand Canyon, all of that, he says you're going to get all of it back. And not only does he get all of his stuff back, but he took their stuff too. He took their sheep. He took their livestock. And then David said, after today, this is David's spoil. Not only do I get my stuff, but I get his stuff too. (laughs) See how complete God is in recovery. Things you forgot you lost, God brings it back to you. I forgot all about that. I didn't even ask for that back, Pam, and he gave that back to me because he's complete in recovery. Because when you win, you get your stuff back. Somebody shout, come back to me. <laughs> yes, so God is so complete. So, so watch this now, verse 21. You ready? David came to the 200 men who had been so weary that they could not follow David, whom they also made to stay at the brook Besor, So they went out to meet David and to meet the people who were with them. And when David came near the people, he greeted them. So watch, let's imagine the picture. David and the the 400 men who just got through fighting are coming back weary from battle. And the other guys have been sitting with the baggage. And they jump up and say, there's David and the guys. And they run to meet David because they're full of energy because they ain't fought nobody. Now, no, 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 watch this now. So they hadn't fought a soul. So they're full of energy. They're ready to go. And they look, David and him come back. Praise God. They got, look at all that stuff. They got our stuff back. Bless God. They, they're excited, right? They jump up to their feet. They say, we're going to get our stuff. We're going to get our stuff. We're going to get our stuff. Hey, we're going to get our stuff. Right? They're excited, right? So watch what happens. Then the wicked and worthless men. What, what are they doing in there? See, we don't know they're wicked and worthless until now. They've been with David all along, but we don't don't know who they really are until now. Because money and stuff will reveal who people really are. The worthless and the wicked people uh, uh, who went with David answered and said, because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil we have recovered except for every man's wife and children that they may lead them away and depart. What they say is get your family and get. You're not getting anything. And listen to who they say recovered it. We recovered That's how we act when we think we did it. We we take ownership when we think we did the work. But if it had not been for a word from the Lord, nobody would have anything. Oh, no, y'all not getting anything. Take your wife, take your kids, and get up out of here. We don't need you. You're not getting anything. Watch David in verse 23. But David said, my brethren, you shall not do so with what the, oh, God. Oh, God. With with what the Lord has what? Given us. David said, we didn't recover nothing. God gave it to us. Watch this. Not only that, he has pre 
preserved us. The only reason that the Amalekites didn't kill us is because God was with us. Somebody say, God kept me. God kept me. God kept me. God kept me out of prison. Y'all don't want to go. Come on. God kept me out of prison. I did the same thing they did, and I didn't get caught. It's not because I was smarter. It's because God. Somebody say, God kept me. God kept me. God kept me. I don't have HIV or AIDS sitting up somewhere. God kept me because I did that. I did that. Acting like you didn't do that. I did that. Somebody shout, God kept me. The only reason I got my right mind because God kept me. The only reason I ain't popping pills to keep myself straight is because God kept me. The only reason I didn't take my life is because God kept me. Somebody shout, God kept me. God did that. God did that. He gave me my stuff back. And he kept me. That wasn't me. Watch, 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 watch. For who will heed you in this matter? Who's listening to you? Who's paying you any attention? You don't talk like somebody that knows God. Y'all better learn to ignore people who don't talk like God. We better learn how to ignore people who don't say what God would say. Don't let people get in your ear with foolishness when you know how good God's been to you. I wouldn't give them nothing. Well, that's good. I ain't you. I would never forgive them. I just wouldn't. I do. I do. But after what they did to you, I would never forgive them. I, there's no way I would ever let them even darken my door. Well, that's your business. We got to learn how to stand on God. Because I'm going to tell you, if they won't forgive them, one day they might not forgive you. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. It is what it is. For who will listen to you? But as his part is who goes down to the battle, so shall his part be who stays with the supplies. They shall share what? A light. David said, we're giving them their stuff. We're going to give stuff to them like they went and fought. Even though they didn't lift a hand, we're going to split it with them 50-50. Because they stayed back here with the stuff. Now, this, this, is, this is some crazy stuff. Can you use one word to describe what just happened here? One, just one, not, not two, not a sentence. Did somebody say grace? Who said grace? Val, you said grace? How many of y'all agree with Val? Y'all say this is grace? How, did, how many of y'all knew grace was in the Old Testament? There's one word. Put, he already got it on the screen. Grace. That's the one word to describe what just happened here. They didn't deserve anything. They didn't fight, so they shouldn't have got it. It was only by grace that they got something. Grace will let you get what somebody else fought for. You know. Grace will let you receive what you don't even deserve. And, 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 and nobody has to tell you you don't deserve it. You know why you're taking it you don't deserve it. Somebody shout, grace has been shown to me. Jesus, Jesus. Because this is how our victory is made. Our victory, our conquering, our recovery, it's all grace. Because we didn't fight for anything. We didn't sacrifice anything. We didn't give up anything. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, we would have been consumed. We would still be lost. We would still be sexing. Come on here. We would still be smoking. We, we would still be in them streets. If it had not been for the goodness of the Almighty God, we'd still be lost. Somebody said, I'd still be lost. I'd still be lost. I, I couldn't because I couldn't get myself together. I tried. I tried. God knows I tried to quit cussing on my own. If it hadn't been for the fact that God did that. Am I, am I at the right church? I'm, at, I'm not at the church of I did it, am I? I hope I'm at the church of God did it. God did this. God did this. 
that's grace. They, they didn't deserve anything. And, 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 and so, and so I'm going to skip some stuff. I'm going to skip some stuff, okay? All right? I'm going to skip some things. I, wanna, I just want to show you something. Go to the points, Dave. Go to the points where it starts with David. Go to the points. David gave, gained victory and recover under grace, too. He understood grace. Let me tell you why. Because in the chapter preceding this chapter, Alea, David aligned himself with the Philistines. Now, the Philistines are the enemy of Israel. He goes and he tries to hope, watch him hope. He, he tries to go and align himself with, with the Philistines. And so they all standing in rank about to go out and fight the, the people of God, right? So watch this. They're standing in rank. David and his men standing in rank, too. So they're going over and they're looking at the troops. And they're inspecting the troops before it's time to go to battle. And so as they're inspecting the troops, somebody sees David. And so he's like, what are you doing here? So he goes and reported to the other leaders. And the other leader called the king and said, look here, king, what David doing here? And so he said, David, my boy, man, we, we, we tight. You know what I'm saying? We partners, man. David a cool dude, man. David going to fight with us. And they were like, oh, no, he's not. <laughs> Haven't you heard that song they sang about David? Yeah. Saul killed the thousands. But David killed his tens of thousands? That joke ain't going with us nowhere. Because, see, what if he decide that he want to impress Saul by turning on us? Now, if he could beat 10,000 people, surely he could whoop us. He ain't going nowhere with us. No, you got to send him back. No, send him back. So that's why David comes back to Ziklag and finds nothing. See, Ziklag is the result of a bad decision. It is not a result of the devil. It is a result of a bad decision. He had no business aligning himself with God's enemy. Ziklag happened because David's thinking was messed up. So David deserved to lose what he lost, but God gave it back anyway. Isn't that just like God? Isn't it just like God to give us back even what we lost, our bad decisions? That the devil didn't take it. That, I, that it wasn't our mama's fault. That it wasn't our daddy's fault. That it wasn't our brother's fault. That it wasn't our boss's fault. It was our fault. Anybody here ever lost something to your own fault? That you couldn't blame a soul. That you had to look at the person in the mirror and it hurt you to think about it. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? David recovered by grace. Somebody say it happened by grace. It happened by grace. Remember these words. I want you to remember these words right here. Show them right there. What are the words, Jacob? Look it up. Take your phones out. Take pictures of it. I want you to remember this. Use this as your screenshot. Do something. The battle is not. I remember when I was young, Mother Trapper, yo, and young in the faith, and I started hooking up with some churches, they used to sing this song, I went to the enemy's camp, and I whew, took back what he stole from me. You better stay out of there. You better stay out of there. What you doing in there? What you doing in there? The victory has already been won. It's going to mess around and be a casualty when there doesn't need to be one. The battle is not yours. Whose battle is it? Would somebody shout in here? We've been wearing ourselves out, frustrated, angry, tired, trying to do God's job. Go to 2 Chronicles 20. Y'all have time for this? 2 Chronicles 20. 2 Chronicles 20. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You ready, Jacob? 
He's ready. Mother said, it's on the board. Mother said, yes, sir. Let's go ahead and do this. Mother Trapio, I love you. You hear me? Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives, and their children stood before the Lord. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. This is, these are worshipers. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God. Now, this all happens after Jehoshaphat uh, leads everybody in Judah in prayer. He leads them in prayer, and he says, now, Lord, he says, listen to what he says. Now, y'all, everybody look at me. He says, Lord, we don't know what to do. He said, we don't know what to do. We're facing three different countries, and they're all coming to get us, and it's more of them that is, and we're scared. And we don't know what to do. He said, but I tell you what. He said, even though we don't know what to do, our eyes are on you. So that said, said, we don't know what to do, but we're watching to see what you're going to do. Ain't that awesome? God, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to watch to see what you're going to do. Because I know that you're not going to sit idly by and let these people do to us what they're threatening to do to us. After how good, because they have been good to them, because when they came through, they could have killed them jokers on the way through, but they let them live. So he said, this, is this how they repay our kindness? God, I know you're not going to let us go out like that. So we're waiting to see. So while they were pray- after prayer, and there's a worship period, one of the worshipers got a revelation from God. And he steps up and he says, hey, king, I just want to let you know you don't have to be scared. You don't have to worry because the battle is not yours. It belongs to God. So he says, verse 16, watch this. Tomorrow go down against them, for they will surely come up by the ascent of Z's. Now, now God's giving him intelligence now. So God says, I'm going to tell you which way they're coming at you. That way you won't be surprised. So he says, you'll go down against them, and they will surely come up by the ascent of Z's, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerusalem. So I'm going to tell you exactly where they are. You got to get this. You will not need to fight in this battle. Well, what I'm going up there for? They come in to fight. Want to talk to me? They come in to fight. They're not not coming to play patty cake. They're coming to fight. But you're telling me I don't have to. Oh, something about to go down right here. Now, 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 watch this. Now, watch this. Are you with me? Position yourselves. Get in place. Stand still. And what? See. Now if you go down that hill. To fight somebody. You are out of position. Sometimes Janae God can tell us what to do. And we still do what we want to do. And when we do that, we're out of position. Don't, don't, don't cry about not winning. Don't cry about getting whooped. Don't come, don't come and want somebody else to help you lick your wounds. Then nobody tell you to do that. Are y'all with me? See the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go against them. For the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Korathite and the children of the Korathite stood up to praise God, uh, the God, the Lord God of Israel, with voices how loud and high. And the battle hadn't even been won yet. They praised over a promise. I'm trying to show you how to stand still. You want to learn how to stand still? You stand still when you shout for a victory over a battle that hadn't even been fought yet. See, standing still doesn't mean do nothing. It means show confidence in your God. How quiet it got in here when I said something about praise. Do we want to win? Yes. I mean, even cheerleaders cheer on their football team. Oh my God. How is it that we can holler and scream yeah. for a running back? Jesus. 
with the ball in his hand on TV. I've done it. Run! Run, Forrest, run! And then won't cheer God on. Somebody tap your neighbor and say, what's up with that? During Super Bowl, we all were here talking about how good our team was. Our team. Ain't even on the team. Ain't even on the team. Didn't get their check. Nobody sent us a trophy. Man, we lost. We lost. I ain't lose nothing. I was home. The Falcon lost. I like them, but I ain't on the team. If they had won, they wouldn't have gave me nothing. So when they lost, I ain't getting nothing. But I am on this team. Would would somebody, would somebody please act like you on the team? Show, Show some confidence in your defender. See, we, 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 we many times mope until we're given a reason to feel better. Yeah. When all of this is over, I'm going to. A part of your stand still is going to before all this is over. Yeah. How many of you will accept the challenge to live like you already have victory? See, that's our challenge. Our challenge is not to walk around defeated until after it's won. You go out there expecting to watch me whip them for you. This is what he's saying. They, they went ahead and praised God. So watch. So watch. What happens is, is that they go out there and the Levites get up there, Portia, you and Sister Palmer and, and Janae and all of y'all beautiful ladies who sang today. Imagine if, if I was if I was Jehoshaphat and I said, okay, now we're going up. We're going up. God said we're going up there. We're going up to fight him. Uh, we're not going to fight him. We're going up there to see him and God's going to fight him and it's all over. It's all good. So we're going to come up here and then I get up there and Elder Darren and Joe Johnson and, and, and Quinn and all them big old guys, Big Chris and, and, and Nelson, all them, they, they're the army, Brother Dylan and Rick, all y'all the army, right? And uh, so I'm saying to y'all, I'm saying, come on, Brown, you too, you big guy, you can fight. And so we say, we, y'all the army, y'all the army, right? And, and what's, y'all got, you got experience, you in the Navy. So all of y'all, come on, and we're going we gonna to fight, we're going to fight. So, so, so Portia and all them, right, they thinking, well, okay, the army's going to get up in front, right? I pull a jack move on you. Yes! Yes! I pull a jack move on you. I tell the army, I say, y'all come back. And then I say to the singers, y'all go up front. Now, they're best soldiers on the front line. But what you don't understand is we just just put our best soldiers on the front line. church this is your moment somebody shout in here oh my god you see sherry when you send up worship and when you send up praise in the middle of your battle you just put your best soldiers Somebody dance in here.
Somebody, somebody look at your neighbor, grab them by the hand and say, my best soldiers just stepped up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What you just saw, what you just saw was an example of how to stand still. It means, it means you don't go out there to do God's job, but you do your job while God does his job. Somebody shout, somebody shout, I got to do my job, I got to do my job. Oh, God. Take this. I'm, I'm done. I'm finished. Come on, 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 come on. Come on and come on and praise him in here. Come on and glorify him in here. Hallelujah. God, I bless your name. God, I magnify you. God, I glorify you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Yes, God. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on and give him glory. Come on and magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I listen, 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 listen. For those of you, for those of you who have who have been who have been embroiled, engaged in the fight of your lives, seem like the enemy's coming at you from every direction. Come on, now's your moment. Now's your opportunity. Come on, come on, this is it. This is the atmosphere. This is the atmosphere. This is not the time to be cool, calm, and collected. We are engaging. Let almost shout. Hey, we are engaging the forces of heaven to move on our behalf. We need God to move. We need God. This is how I fight. This is my part. This is my part. I'm going to let God Take care of my enemies. I'm going to let God take care of Satan. I'm going to let God take care of my sickness. I'm going to let God take care of everything that's eating up my money. I'm going to let God take care of my haters. I'm going to let God take care of my enemies. But I'm going to take care of business. Right here, right now, somebody shout unto God. Oh God, I need you. I need you. I can't win without you, God. I can't win. My marriage, it won't get better without you. My health won't get better without you. My mind won't get better without you. I need you to fight for me. God, we don't know what you're going to do. We don't know how you're going to do it. We don't know when you're going to do it. There is one thing we know. 
that you can do it. And you promised us that you would do it. We need you, God. Somebody lift your hands and say, I need you, Lord. I need you. I need you to heal every broken place in me. I need you to heal every wound from the battle. Come on, right now. Come on, I need you to heal every wound from the battle. I need you to heal every area where I hurt. I need you to heal me, God. Because I've been wounded through this. I've been, I've been hurt through this. I, I've been damaged through this. But, but I know, God, that, that, that you will cause me to recover. Somebody shout, I want to recover. I want to recover. See, some of our recovery, some of our recovery is, is not of, of tangible things. But some of our recovery is we need God to do something in us. If that's you, lift your hands. And just tell him, God, I need you to do something in me. Because I'm hurting. I'm hurting. I've been in this fight longer than I expected. I didn't expect it to last this long. I didn't, I didn't expect it to go this far. And, I, and I've been wounded and I've been hurt. I need you to do it in me. I'm not worried about stuff. I'm not worried about things, God. I need you to do something in me. I need to recover. I need to recover. I know you'll do it. I know you'll do it. I know you'll do it right now, God. I know you're doing it. I know you're moving through this room. And you're healing people all over this room. You're touching them right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, for healing now. I thank you for recovery and restoration and peace and joy and strength. In the name of Jesus, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that you are our God who always causes us to triumph. We win in you. We are victorious in you. We have the victory in you. God, we bless you. We magnify you. And we thank you for how you came into this place. You meant to engage us today in a supernatural way. And I thank you, God, that it is done in Jesus' name. Just as David recovered all, I believe, God, that your people are recovering right now. In the name of Jesus. Because you wouldn't do it for David and not do it for us. So I receive. Someone, everybody say, I receive. I receive. I receive by faith. Jesus. We thank you, God. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God praise in this house.